This episode of Holy Cannoli has some grown-up words that might not be appropriate for little ears. You've been warned. <laughs> it's just me for the intro. You guys get to hear me. Just me. Wendy, my wife, my wifey-o, and, um, and I missed the window to record the intro for this week just because it's been a weekend of me editing last minute, uh, doing a wedding, having our creative group meet up. It's been a little nutty. So my wife told me, she gave me a deadline. She gave me, give me the podcast. Let's record by Wednesday or Thursday. And so I got to meet that until I get a producer. Hello, anybody want to produce this for me? Let me know. Uh, you don't get Wendy till I'm going to hold Wendy hostage until, uh, we get a producer. Just kidding. Canolios, canolers, canolans, canolians. Uh, Hey, Tony Gapastone here. And we have a couple events coming up before I get into the podcast here. If you're listening to this, the week of September 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th, uh, we have a 20, we have a, on the 21st of September, 2018, come to my Brave Maker Vision Night. It's Friday night, the 21st of September, or Saturday night, the 29th of September. You can come in Redwood City and meet the people who are advising me, also known as the Board of Directors for Brave Maker, and you can hear the vision of what we're going to do. Check it out, bravemaker.com. I would love you guys to come check it out, and we're going to have cannoli from our sponsor, La Biscoteria. So fresh cannoli and good coffee. September 21st and September 29th, 7 p.m. in Redwood City. That's the year 2018. So if you're listening to this beyond, you missed it, but you can still support. Go to bravemaker.com and check it out. And thank you to the Bonacore family from La Biscoteria. If you want to order their biscotti, you can go to labiscoteria.com and use Holy Cannoli in the checkout code and get 20% off. They ship their biscotti, their biscotti everywhere. Unfortunately, they don't, they don't ship their holy cannoli, but you can come eat some with me this week or next, okay? All right, so my daughter already gave you a little bit of warning that this episode is for mature audiences, and I cannot say that enough. Uh, my friends, who you will meet, Elizabeth and Sean, created this hilarious and zany and a bit raunchy and slightly offensive for some people. So if your ears are of the sensitive nature, like you can't handle talking about the, the male anatomy, I would highly recommend not listening to this episode. <laughs> but if you have a, um, a secret, you know, secret dark humor side and you can put up with that kind of stuff and you actually admit that you watch that kind of stuff on TV or movies anyways, then hang in there. I'm going to play a trailer right now. So you're going to listen to the trailer and kind of get a uh, feeling for what the tone of their work is. Again, make sure there's no little ones in earshot. Here is the trailer to the Douchaholics TV show digital series on iTunes and Amazon. Yo, bro. You forgot protocol. Oh, yeah. Right. Yo, uh, my name's Tony, a.k.a. Teabag, a.k.a. Tenacious Pex. Would you like to share? I have a brilliant tale for you all. My life is embarrassingly normal. I am the happily married mother of three. AKA T Esticular Fortitude. What's your problem? So I'm woozy. Okay, it's Monday afternoon. I'm at the bong grill getting my drink one. AKA T Berculosis. Everyone's laughing at me. Ha ha ha. We're all laughing at Ted, having a good time. I don't believe any of this. Believe it, sister! We were besties, and now we're not. That's because you said I was a little bitch. Look, I don't know if you read the flyer or not, but all of us, we came here tonight so that we could talk and share and confess. It's a support group for people who exhibit poor behavior and they're trying to better themselves. It's not worth the guys to be mean! Don't you do it, bro! No! I'm just being real, being real. I can't help it. <laughs> a bird's gonna fly because she's gonna um, and I guess I'm a douche. Ew. <laughs> so 
my mom listens to this podcast and I just laughed thinking about her hearing this stuff. So it is funny. It is crazy. It is edgy. It is also something that helps us talk about God, believe it or not. I you think you're going to love this episode. I hope this is expanding our minds. I hope with compassion and humility and truth, we can have conversations at the, at the table or on the podcast. If you're listening to this as you're walking and chugging up a hill or in your car or um, you know, in the commute on a train, I hope this makes you laugh. I hope it makes you think. And I hope you also know that they didn't write that uh, douchebag Tony after me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I just hung out with Sean and Elizabeth today and confirmed I have a role in season three, season two, I don't know, somewhere. Uh, so I will be showing up in this TV show. So catch up on iTunes and Amazon. And uh, here it is. Buckle up. You are listening to the Holy Cannoli Podcast. It's all about making sense of life, who we are, and why we're here. Life is sacred and life is strange. And here's our dad. Tony Gapastone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. It's like a roller coaster ride. Let's get to the abs. We don't need to go to Pilates this week. Hey, well, uh, welcome to the podcast, my friends, Sean McCarthy and Elizabeth Mitchell. And I was trying to think this morning, I met you either 2013 or 2014, and I forget which year it was. Is it, do you, did you go both years, or does uh, one stand out more than the other? Sundance. I think, either both? I think they might have been, I'm thinking it might have been 2013. 14. Okay, 2014. Yeah. So we met 2014. Well, yeah, it's 2018. Yeah, so either 20, it might have been 2013. I'm not sure though. So yeah, when I went to Sundance in 2013, they had the Morning Star thing there too, but they also had it 2014. Morning Star was giving away free veggie burgers. That's right. And so I can't remember if it was the first year or the second. So I, year. okay, so I've been there twice where they gave away the Morning Star thing. Okay, me too. So then, so then it must have been 2013 because that's I think when we was the, first the first year that it happened was the first year that we met. Okay. Yeah, okay. Boom. Dang. And you guys 20... didn't hang out for like another two years, like outside of Sunday. So yeah. Days. So we, yeah. we met in 2013 in a free food line, of course, because we were trying to get free food. We found Joe out... Swanberg was there too, and he had a Sundance film, so he's also trying to get free food. <laughs> <laughs> filmmakers, oh, yeah. basically. Filmmakers, everybody. Filmmakers yeah, yeah. trying to get free food. But I remember, okay, you're from Redwood City. What? You're a filmmaker? Cool. And then we didn't talk for a year. Then we saw each other the next year mm -hmm. at Sundance again. And then I think we were like, let's try to hang out. Let's try yeah. to hang out. And then maybe we hung out once yeah. or saw each other yeah. once. But it's been in the past couple of years we've seen each other a lot in yeah. the Bay, which yeah. is super crazy, yeah. super fun. And now I have an office three or four blocks away from you guys. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Hi. So they they just walked down here. A wonderful office, by the way. Thank we you. Have a little office envy right now. Thank you. Office. Can I remember? I gotta say, from my perspective of when we were at um, when we were at Morningstar and I was there with some other filmmakers. Hey, Morningstar, if you want to sponsor the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please sponsor the podcast. Um, we were uh, we were uh, we were there at a table with some other filmmakers, and then I said I said someone I, I think you said Redwood City or I said Redwood City. And I said something, I just remember your head out of all these people went, Redwood City, and like your head popped out, like a where's Waldo, like all of a sudden Waldo emerges. Like a bobblehead. Yeah. And then I was like, hey. And then we're like, wait, what? And we were both like not trusting each other. They were like, are you, are you, are you sure? Are you saying, like, you're not saying like, you know, it's not like Palo Alto or Mountain View. You're just like, like Redwood yeah, people City. People yeah. usually say just Redwood City yeah. out of nowhere. <laughs> so I remember that. That was like my first thing because your big smile popped out. And you're like, hey. And then so that was my first image of you. That's awesome, yeah. man. Well, I like to be a bobblehead Waldo. Uh, pop, pop it's a very out. positive image. Yeah. So you guys are now doing this huge thing, and I want to talk about your Douchaholics, your iTunes, Amazon digital series. And it's funny because we've had some interesting, cool conversations over the years about film for sure. But this whole podcast, I was just telling you guys, is all about how we experience the transcendent in the most random ways. And you guys know I'm a pastor, and I have all these, like, you know, th this weird life of theology and preaching and all that kind of stuff but I also love film and storytelling and one of my favorite things is when I came to see the screening of Douchaholics and afterwards you guys came up to me and you asked me a question about one particular episode and I loved that that after that it felt like everything was like free and we were cool so I want to talk about that yeah, we're gonna okay. get there okay so listeners you're gonna have to stay tuned to talk about whatever that awkward question was but let's just kind of start at a high level first uh 
when you hear that idea of experiencing the transcendent or the divine and random and holy moments, how do you describe that? How would you say that that's true for you, um, especially doing a show that's called Douchaholics? Ah, um, okay. Well, so uh, like you said, you, you hear Douchaholics. And people either automatically get it, which most of the time they do, and then we have the odd occasional person that goes like, oh, hmm. And you go, okay, cool, not for you. Don't, like, <laughs> conversations over, move on. You always explain it like AA for douchebags. for douchebags, right? yeah. It's a recovery yeah. group for douchebags, yep. Yeah, so uh, I think a lot of people automatically go, okay, this is going to be funny, this is going to be comedy, like uh, how, how could mm. you possibly like even – get to a point where you're talking about anything deeper than just like ha 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 like funny good times the end but for us um it was really important to ground all these characters in truth so to, i mean it's funny mm -hmm. like, very funny it's very funny <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time um it's kind of tragic too mm. and for me always um ever since i understood anything about characters and even just the human condition i've always kind of gravitated towards um films and and characters that are funny but when you really think about it it's sad almost and i think you could say that about all these characters if you really analyze them and take out all the take out all the jokes and all the humor and just say like what at this at their very core what kind of person is this and you go well it's just a very flawed and mm -hmm. kind of tragic human being and then the beautiful thing about this meeting even though i don't think it really helps them <laughs> if i'm being honest is in order to be at a meeting like this you have to want to improve yourself you have to understand that there is a change that needs to be made and so even if they come week after week and they kind of maybe only get worse at least they're coming and at least they're they're recognizing something within themselves that is flawed and needs a change and needs to improve and that's i mean that's what we do we should be doing every day of our lives no matter what we are, who we are, what's going on with us. Um, I think that just needs to be, that should be how, how everyone lives day to day is mm -hmm. just going like, I am a human being and that means that I have issues mm -hmm. automatically mm -hmm. and how can I how can I improve on this issue? No one's ever going to be perfect mm -hmm. but the, the second that you say like, I'm good, I don't need to, I don't need to change then that's, you know, you grow or you die. Yeah. So for, for I think for us, that's that was kind of the most important thing for the series in general, it was just good. I feel like he's looking at me like you're talking way too much. No, I, I was admiring. My, She's my talking lady. about Sean, not me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> just to clarify. Okay, just to clarify. Mm -hmm. We'll talk I, later. I think. <laughs> I think one thing that makes I love I love the word flawed. By the way, I think that word is something that you know when we are honest, we can all admit we have flaws. And there's a, a I think was it in the first episode um, with D Cup. When she says something about like um, everyone's a douchebag, you know, like, there's no two ways about it. You're a douchebag, mm -hmm. or something that reminded me like, <laughs> if you think someone else is a douchebag, the reality is there's someone else in the world who thinks you're a douchebag. Exactly. Everybody yes. has something that yes. annoys something, someone else, mm -hmm. right? And so when I get to, at my worst and I'm like super mad and pissed at somebody, and I'm like, you know killing them with my mind and my thoughts <laughs> I think gosh someone else is doing this about me and so let me just find a way to be compassionate and graceful because I have annoying habits too like I do things that my wife is like seriously again can you please stop leaving the toilet the towel on the floor yeah. you know things like that yeah so I remember when a couple people from my church came to the creative crew to watch yeah, it yeah. and I was like so nervous I thought oh my gosh <laughs> I'm so always, you know I'm always, <laughs> I'm always pissing people off. I'm yeah. always like aggravating people in the church, you know. And I, I'm so like not that type of judgy Christian person, but I know some Christians are. So these two women came. I was like, oh shoot, I'm gonna hear about this. I'm gonna get a letter because Creative Crew is not a church event. It's my yeah. own community event. But when they were cracking up and laughing, and at the end when they came up to you and said, when is it gonna be out? And then when I talked to her two weeks ago, she said, oh, I bought it on iTunes already. I was oh, that's like, awesome. This. This is someone at a worship gathering at a church service on a Sunday morning who said, I bought Dusha Hollis. I thought, she got it. She could totally understand that there's something transcendent in yeah. this funny, raunchy, extreme, absurd comedy that totally, like what you said, Elizabeth, grounds reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's say you, Sean. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I from I, I agree with everything she said there, and I agree with what you're saying there, too. And that, that was the idea. I think for me, before Elizabeth and I started collaborating for me something I've always just been interested in fascinated by is as a filmmaker I'm I've always been drawn to like Spielberg 
and Scorsese and many others. And like and the thing is like like I look at a film like I think film is always spiritual for me. Mm -hmm. Film is always there is a yeah. I heard Scorsese say something along the lines of uh film is is it comes as close to like a a, a true faith that, that can't fully be like completed because there and I think what he's saying behind that too is the spiritual nature of it because you can't rely on a film or you can't rely on you get as close to it as you can but reaching the transcendent but since movies are made by different people mm -hmm. not every experience is going to be like that and beyond that there's so many there's just so many elements that you can't just hold on to but when you watch a film like there's a film one of my favorite films called wild strawberries you've seen it the, mm -hmm, it's no. um uh, ingmar bergman and, uh, and his other film seventh feel seal which deal with which deal with faith and deal with looking at your life and the spiritual nature of 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 living and 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 dealing with your doubts and dealing with your humanity and dealing with what are, what is our purpose on this earth and i think like scorsese deals with that and others and but i love that and i love a good dick joke at the same time <laughs> <laughs> like, like you know i mean i there's something to to that and this was fun when you told me that your podcast is faith-based and spiritual uh, about the spiritual side and god i think you know, I think that's the thing is like, I love it when it's say to people, like she said, some people are like, if they say douche hawks, you get, it's not our project that's getting the rea reaction. It's how they're reacting to the project when they hear it. And it could become from a snobbery of hearing the word, or it could be like, oh, that's just funny off the bat. Or somebody's like, oh, it's about douche hawks. It's like a sketch comedy. But really there's, a, there, it's all grounded in human emotions. If you took away all the comedy from it, all the psychological reasonings and logic and the interactions and conflicts between the characters are a hundred percent real and they're grounded in real emotions and real psych psychological nature and i think that's the thing is like i i've always loved the nature of making something spiritual and and exploring that and finding those transcendent moments and then i happen to find that not only the love of my life but my also my collaborator and co-creator on this has we share a lot of similar values we also the things that we disagree on are the things that we uh just like any good collaboration we spark something else out of each other mm -hmm. too of like talking about that or exploring something um she's prevented me thus far from doing the the, the cat douche that i want to do <laughs> but for good reason i don't <laughs> i have an idea for the doggy douche. A doggy douche okay i think a doggy douche would it's be not, hilarious it's like literally like the cat it's like, not the like the cat's a cat point of view oh a cat person douche. no no a cat no a cat yeah, but he wants he the wants like an actual cat it's like done a feline and performed like, by to a douche cat. to douche a cat yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to give a share yeah. and they're all just like it's just a cat that somebody has and it's giving its own share and nobody I mean, listens based to on it your reaction, oh my god oh wait wait no 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 i get it no i like i thought you were saying actually give a cat a douche. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to see a cat get douched. No, no. I'm not trying to douche a cat. But I love the idea... Animal services, no. <laughs> I love the idea of a cat sitting on a chair. That's really interesting. Yeah, well, good luck finding a cat that's just going to sit in a chair also. Okay, by the way, I had a cat in my my uh, neighbor film, and yeah. I had a cat wrangler and everything. It was so not worth it. You don't need a cat wrangler. You don't need to pay that freaking fee. I had a cat double as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just redonkulous. Three thousand. You had a cat double? Yes. <laughs> oh my because gosh! Because if the first cat doesn't work, I'm sorry, it's hot in here, guys. I don't know how to turn the air on yet. Our fan. So, sorry. these guys are taking off their clothes right now. <laughs> I'm a sweater in general. This, oh, this whole vlog is just going to be me sweating. He sweats, and yeah. I, I wipe the sweat. Do you know Christina Costa, the makeup artist? No. Uh, she's here in the Bay Area, and she told me we we're on set recently, and she was like. She was like, she's like, it just means it's a good thing. It means that you actually have like open pores. It's really healthy. So I was like, oh, thank you, Christina. Thank I, you. I have this Kleenex in case you cry or in oh. case you sweat. Okay. So here you go. I'm pulling out the Kleenex. I want you guys to hear it. <laughs> but I, I, and I think I think that's the thing for for uh, people can laugh. That's a part of the show, and that's part of what I've always grown up loving, and that's I think what we both share. I mean, that's why we ran into you at seeing Baywatch. We love oh, yeah. Baywatch. That's when I realized. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> exposed. Sitting next to you during I'm Baywatch exposed. and hearing some of the shit. Sorry, some of the stuff you, you were laughing at. You can say that. Um, you can say shit. We already did a disclaimer okay. in the beginning. Okay. This is an adult right. episode. Okay. okay. Yeah, listening to some of the shit you were laughing at, I was like, wait, Tony? Like, that That was funny to you? Oh, my God. Because I remember. Tony like, laughed at the ball sack moment? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yes. Maybe it will be my news. Yeah, I remember running into you in the lobby, and we were all going That's to see Baywatch. So and one, I was like, wait, Tony's going to see Baywatch? Like, I thought, I was like, what, what like, uh, you know, God is not dead, like, five movies tonight? And then oh. you're like, oh, Baywatch, oh, Baywatch. And we were like, wait, what? Really? And then it became like, well, I mean, we can't all go see the same movie and not sit together. And I was like, oh, God, like, he's going to hear me laugh at some inappropriate stuff. And, this like, this will good. be over after. Like, we, we had a good friendship run, right? <laughs> And some really like raunchy, just like you know, like off color, like offensive almost shit. And I was like, "What? <laughs> Who are you? This is this is a lovely surprise." And then I was like, "All right, cool, I can laugh." Because I mean, yeah. I don't think like I think like we might have been the only three people that actually paid to see that movie. That's so. Funny. And we but paid to see a good, movie. Pass. It, was, it was a really <laughs> funny movie. It was a funny movie. So, like, okay, this okay. makes me so happy. We we need to dive deeper. I love this. I love that in some way you were judging me, and then you were judging me for judging me. You know, you were surprised. You know what I mean? You were judging yourself. This is where I'm like Deutaholics meeting this right here. This is maybe. awesome. Right. Okay, so um, that's warranted though, because I think that's why I'm so passionate about trying to like tell these kind of stories and have these conversations because. People of faith, people who are Christians, people who follow Jesus tend to have certain characteristics about what they watch. Like you thought I was going to watch God's Not Dead Part 17. You know, like <laughs> that type of thing is so interesting. And then the reality is we all watch this stuff. We find them funny. But then we get into a space on a Sunday morning where it's supposed to be quote unquote unholy. Mm -hmm. And we pretend like we shouldn't watch that or we don't watch that. But if you read the Bible, the Bible is full of crazy, like it's incest, it's rape, it's murder, it's jealousy, it's backbiting, it's twisted manipulation. That's the human condition. And so telling stories about that stuff, I think it's funny when certain Christian groups protest a certain thing. Like people protested the last temptation of Christ. Mm -hmm. And that was Martin Scorsese trying to talk about this human being named Jesus who was also God had the ability to be tempted. That's all he was trying to say, but people lost their minds mm -hmm. around that. And so I'm, you know, as I leave my 20 year church position as an official pastor and go and foray into this filmmaking world, I feel like I have come into some freedom because if you probably would have met me, maybe when you did meet me, 2013, I feel like that was my awakening at Sundance. Yeah. I literally was just filling out my application for Sundance Institute Labs. Pray for me. Uh, and I was talking about my bio. Like, I remember going to the Egyptian theater. It was yeah. my very first film I saw, 2013. I saw Shane Carruth's Upstream Color. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Right. That film, yeah. I literally fell to my knees yeah. in the Egyptian. It was like the iconic Sundance movie theater. This amazing piece of art that just washed over me. I was like, what the hell just happened? I'd never seen something like that before. I'd never been able to like go and touch a director and, and ask him a question face to face. And yeah. he was a real human being that acknowledged me. It, that like, like rocked my world. And I described that experience as like a worship experience. I experienced God in some way. Now I was coming from a perspective that film was very spiritual. I think like you said, all films are spiritual, mm -hmm. but that one had some deep, profound meanings. Mm -hmm. And that launched me into a place of going, I spend 50 hours of my week working on something that happens for an hour in a building and mm -hmm. only four or 500 people get to experience it. Mm -hmm. What more influence could I have by telling stories that go out on the interwebs and yeah. people watch them on their phones and we watch them more than times than 10 and how much more impact could I have? So it's been cool. Like, I feel like I'm still learning and I'm, you know, I'm coming into my passion my mission my calling for life you know so yeah. meeting you guys is really you know part of that journey too is there might have been a time that like if I watched Dushaholics I'll yeah. say six years or seven years ago I might have been like ooh I might have watched it but I wouldn't have told anybody about it you know what I mean because <laughs> yeah. that's how like, I or your Good Friday you know what I mean because <laughs> yeah, I knew people would have judged me and there probably are the reason I'm starting this podcast after I leave my official church position yeah. is because I think there are people who are going to have a hard time with some of the conversations that I'm wanting to have some of the I want to explore doubt. I I want to explore sexuality. I have friends who are gay who are out and who also follow the ways of Jesus, but in some places in the, the church that's not acceptable. Yeah. And so this idea of experiencing God, you know, in and through film, I think is a, really a power. I never realized that. That's why everybody who goes into filmmaking. Some people want money and fame yeah, and yeah. sex and drugs, but a lot of people they want to make a difference in the world. And a connection. Yeah. yeah. And and I think it's so important what you're doing um because like you said there is that that judgment sometimes and people go like, "Well, my my faith or my religion dictates that I should feel something about some certain thing." Yeah. Maybe deep inside you're like, "But 
that was what I might like it, but I really yeah. dig that. But then yeah. there's a, that conflict. Um, I mean, I grew up raised Catholic, so I'm very familiar with Catholic guilt. I mean, talk about Christian guilt, like, please. Um, <laughs> I'm probably going to hell according to, <laughs> to people in my church. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important when you, if you feel that struggle to, to recognize it and go like, well, I'm feeling this for a reason. And I think the big key thing you said there is the judgment and what always trips me out when people reject something based on their faith or based on, well, this is how, how God would want it. God also told us through Jesus, do not judge people. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like super important what you're doing. And mm-hmm. I, I'm really grateful that you're doing it. I'm, I'm really kind of floored right now just to have heard what you said. Yeah. But I think it's beautiful. And I'm so happy that, you. that you've chosen to, to take this on. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's like a really important mission mm-hmm. that you're on. And thank you for letting us be a part of it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah for sure. I think, you know, I think that, you know, on, on everything we're talking about, there's that, I mean, you're, you're a progressive thinker, you're an innovative thinker. And I think some people think when they think progressive, they think it's like a poli- political thing. But mm-hmm. I think it's like it's evolving and it's exploring. Mm-hmm. And like even me personally – with this, like when we're making here, is like like Baywatch. We bring up let's bring up Baywatch, <laughs> Back and La- to Baywatch, Baywatch, and Last Temptation of Christ. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's do this. Nobody's yeah. done this on a podcast yeah, baby. probably ever. But Baywatch is a really it, there's a real lot of funny stuff in it. It's not going to hold up as much because it's lacking necessarily the spiritual thing. But we had a great two hours, and that's some films and we're you still just talking need about it. it, and we're still talking about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then. Something like Last Temptation of Christ, we're still talking about for different reasons. Whenever that's on, I always get hooked because I'm just like, wow, oh my gosh, that's how they were doing that. Or like, wow, mm-hmm. look at the way they're exploring that. Or how they did that on this budget. And wow, what's happening and what's the subtext of this performance right now? Or what's the theme that's happening in this shot? Um, what's the emotion of the shot? Like he's still doing it and he's doing that in silence. Like, And someone like Scorsese, who people did get very, when people react, they had a violent reaction to him, and there were threats, and there's all these things that happened that's happened throughout his career. But he's shown he was going to be a priest, and and he's devoted his life to cinema. And that's his that's his religion. That's it's 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 about connecting and exploring truth. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing as an artist when you can explore your own truth. Like Justin, who's here with us, he's doing his No Friends Club. We're doing doucheaholics. When we when you do something that's coming personal, and and it, you're exploring your truth and you're sincerely exploring it, you're not trying to just shove a message down people's throat. You're not trying to just yeah, uh, you know, get money or fame or something like that or some kind of outside want that this is just a way you think is a way to. If you're actually truly exploring art and create and 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 trying to find a truth, then it's about connecting what's inside you with other people and because like when when i wrote the ted episode part of, of it of was Dushaholics. Dushaholics. it was based mm-hmm. on a conversation her and i had it was based on an actor that we wanted to use but it was also this feeling that i have for a, with like a phone that i go like just my daily life of like how many texts am i getting how many emails and why am i attached to this mm-hmm. thing and something that was mixed inside there of can I just explore this feeling and get it out of my system? And funny to see that any time that I've personally done this on this series or in any other time when I've actually gone like, oh, should I not share that with people or should I not like – the more I dug into that truth and I said this is just what I'm feeling or this is what's the truth that I feel inside of what I'm trying – or what I'm discovering as I write it, I've noticed people go like, whoa – like that's where the connection happens too because Mm -hmm. you're exploring that dark you're pulling apart the layers and going well this is a me and then people are watching going like this is a me too yeah I'm not alone like that's yeah yeah, I think that's been really interesting to experience kind of the stuff that we're like is this like really like is anyone even gonna care like is are we what are we doing here Mm -hmm. is this just us or is the rest of the world gonna see this and be like what are they talking Uh about those are the things that people I think gravitate towards even more because they go oh I'm not alone in that Mm. and I think that's kind of the the biggest thing that we could ask yep. is just to and i think and you have to be coming from it with a pure intention like he was talking about not mm. going like i just want to get this out there for fame yeah. or money provocative like, or provocative or yeah exactly. people are just being like like, like a gasper no type person yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. for sure yeah if you just say i i have this inside of me i want to connect with the my fellow human beings walking around on planet earth and let's be honest none of us know what we're doing here mm-hmm. no i don't i don't care how how you know can absolutely certain you are that i have i have my purpose on planet earth mm-hmm. you don't know you have mm-hmm. no idea what that dude has like in mm-hmm. mind for you and, and why he puts you here i think it's a beautiful thing to feel like you mm-hmm. do and to mm-hmm. and i think it's important to follow that um that's how you i think live a 
a fulfilled life that yeah. you can look back on and say like, okay, I, I did, I, I've done good. Uh-huh. All right, I'm, I'm ready now. Um, but I think that, you know, just as long as you say like, and everyone else here is going through the same thing and how can, how can we all go through it together? Yeah. And if we come, come at anything with that intention, then I think we're going to, so far we've, we've experienced that we're going to do all right. Yeah. Yeah. And our only compass is ourselves and our true North. And, you know, I think like Elizabeth, myself, Alex and Justin are here, Dustin, Kevin, who aren't here, they, we all hold each other accountable and we're all responding to our own truths. But I think that's. You know, like with the, the the tween episode with Melody and Madison, a lot of people wanted to cut that. We've talked about that before. A lot of people wanted to cut that. I mean, that. a lot of people wanted to cut that. We were like, like it, it just wasn't. Yeah, we saw the footage. We saw what we had to work with, and went like, can we actually make this into a thing worthy of this series? Because we had already had like one, two, and three, and four in the bag, and then we went like, well, episode five. So it's episode five in the series, um, the one with the little girls. We went that it has to be just as good as the four in front of it and we had multiple drafts and cuts Hmm. that we went no it's not holding up interesting like it was almost a a feeling of it would be doing a disservice to the to the series as a whole if we kept kept this in it would definitely be the weakest link that's how we kind of were looking at it for a long time so yeah there was definitely a lot of discussion of should we just drop it Hmm. um and what changed that how'd you guys what'd you guys do to make it stay because i think it's one of the best we hear that a lot now i mean because of awesome so listeners strangers podcast addicts (laughs) you need to watch doucheaholics on itunes and amazon uh but if you have teens tweens or you are anywhere and in any way interested in like the world of our are they millennials? No, they're young. What are they? Young wires? But Xennials or, or something else? The oh, idea yeah. of how they live their life through their phone, how they connect with one another. It's these two middle school students, Melody and Madison. 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 Yeah. Uh, and it is so funny. And almost like the reality of like, oh my gosh, this is my kids. Like they have to deal with this type of stuff. And this is how they express their life through emojis. <laughs> and all the digital special effects you guys did, so good. But you're saying... That almost got cut. Yes. So what changed? Um, just we decided that um, the performances were just too good to to. When I was when we were there on set, we saw magic happen, and then when we saw the footage, we went, "Oh, that magic didn't necessarily like make it uh-huh. on there." Um, and then, like you said, you alluded to the visual effects. That definitely played a yeah. huge part. Was that um, not planned ahead of time? Oh no, not at all. It came after. Oh, well, no, the I vi- think we're talking no, about the, the different vis- visual effects then, because there is there are a lot of visual effects in that in that episode yeah. that you wouldn't even. Uh, I mean, literally in the meeting room, two characters uh-huh. sitting side by side. We're one not- one's eyes might be from one take. Oh, one yeah. one's body might be from another take, and then the character sitting next to them, completely different take. That's yeah. that when yeah. you're at, when wow. you're asking like what we what, what we there's did a whole master what, class in that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah. Um, Dang, that's impressive, that. man. Yeah, take take eight of her. If she's sitting here, if you're if you were to imagine this is like if you're sitting here, I'm sitting here. We use your take nine. Yeah, her take eight, my take. Now is 12. that because you had to try to match for continuity for the story? It just didn't. One of it? the actors was really off that day. Okay. Um, he 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 wasn't hitting it, and he left his script out, and he just it was just uh, an off day. Yeah. And then, but the girls too. We have you know two twelve year old girls. Sure. We can't go into some crazy long yeah. shoot. Yeah. So we had to figure out a way and the girls knew their lines backwards and forwards yeah, they were on top of it. i made them watch aaron sorkin stuff and say uh-huh. like you got to be like aaron sorkin. Yeah, yeah. like this is what you got to do they're now they're good that yeah and, oh, they're great. yeah and so they were on point with that it, and so then it just became about getting everybody else yeah, really yeah. <laughs> and then so then doing that and going like all right but then like one of the girls who was has more time and experience on camera uh who plays melody she was really good with a lot of stuff, so we we had she, we wrote it as her kind of like starring vehicle there, and then the other girl had only done some theater stuff, so she blinked a lot. So we would take say take twelve of her eyes not blinking, and then we would take take eight of her mouth giving the better performance, and then we would gotcha. fuse those two together. Yeah. And then if somebody's sitting next to her, 
we would split screen and take the best take eight of that yeah. of that yeah. other person in the same shot a lot of the time too. So that's intense. Yeah. So Nobody realizes. Like, so you yeah. were initially talking about like the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so I don't even think about those anymore. Yeah, because those I'm were pre-planned. Those are things yeah, that I had at least in my head when I was writing. Those were all great. I mean, I felt like that just made it so fun, and I totally enjoyed that episode. Thank you. And you know, so actor friend Kirk, he said he said Melody and Madison was his favorite episode other friends and it's weird too because i thought oh i wrote this and when we talked about it she came from her truth of when we discussed this because i didn't have no idea what a 12 year old girl is what the conflict is and she, mm-hmm. we went over this in detail and she would bring up oh we'd get over fights over lunch and we were like going and i was like oh this is fun because it's harder you know a guy in like ted's episode i can at least i, I wrap my head around that because yeah. i've had ted's the, episode four yeah. yeah ted's episode yeah. four yeah the but, white collar dish yeah mm-hmm. but the melody mass i was like this is new territory so i have to really get in the mind of a 12 year old girl so i had mm-hmm. elizabeth as my collaborator and then our other collaborator was alexa mm-hmm. and i go what's life like melody. as a 2000 because mm-hmm. i want your friends because i said i want your friends and your and any other 12 year olds to watch this and go yeah. and this is my life yeah like, and parents go yeah. like yeah so yeah. that's what's fun is when we've seen uh kids watch that and they go that's so my life yeah. that's so my life and then uh, and now at first a lot of the team drafts in the edit one to like say 30 a lot of the team were a bunch of dudes except elizabeth and maybe and then one other girl was there working as a uh, in the edit and she was the only one going like laughing and we're like why are you laughing at draft 22 and she was like oh that reminds me of my sister mm. and i was like yeah. oh how's your sister and she's like oh she's like 15 yeah gotcha okay yeah. you know so like things like that we go uh, there's something there we just got to get down to like what we're talking about what's the universal truth because if take away all the technology and all the stuff with like text message and whatnot if this took place in the 18th century what would this still be about mm-hmm. it's, it's about connection yeah connection and yeah. miscommunication yeah yeah and how we totally. misread things that's great and that's where exploring that we finally got to so by draft 34 that's when it started to sing a little bit more and that's when we started to go like, oh, like, we got, oh, yeah. Maybe we got something here. Draft yeah. 34. Did you guys see Bo Burnham's eighth grade? Not yet. Not you, yet. You're telling me you about should that. Get, yeah. You should try and tweet him. Looks get amazing. him to see oh. Madison and um, oh. Melody's episode. I think it would be yeah, really yeah. fascinating. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, Bo Burnham, <laughs> come on. He, he, his film is coming out this summer. It's called Eighth Grade. And it's very similar to um, Disha Hollicks and the way that this girl is figuring out her life through her phone and yeah. her online persona. It's really good. Yeah, the trailer gave me chills. Good job. I'm yeah. really looking forward to that. All right, well, let me ask you a few questions, and then we'll get to that awkward question that okay, you guys sure. asked me. Uh, <laughs> uh, so stay tuned. Um, so, again, the podcast all about experiencing the transcendent, how mm-hmm. we understand God. Elizabeth, you talked about guilt and how that you know has been a part of your life. So how have you experienced grace in your own life? How have you experienced freedom in some weird, unique ways of coming and pushing off that old stuff, maybe that people would want to put on you from religion or from you know a, a growing up church background. And do you have any stories that can illustrate that? Especially if you ever cried in a car. You ever notice how many people cry in cars? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah. why? So yeah, I love hearing people's cry, cry, cry car crying stories. That's a good. Any. That's a good web series, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh-oh. Crying cars. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I definitely have my share of car crying stories. I just can't think of any off the top of my head. But I think um, to answer your question, once I went like, wait, why am I feeling guilty? Because I was in this institution for twelve years, and then you know, church on Sunday every morning, nine a.m. That told me that I need to feel guilty about mm. what I feel is my truth. Mm. Well, that just didn't, it just didn't click with me. It didn't compute with me. And I think once I went, I don't, I don't need to subscribe to that. Um, I still have a, a, I still have a relationship with God. Yeah. Um, I would consider myself a very spiritual person, but once I kind of broke free of the, that, that guilt that we're talking about and I went, I feel like I'm not doing a a service to my maker if I don't Mm. honor what's true in me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to go out and like murder people Thank or, you. Yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> Thank you for not murdering anybody. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, there are people that would yeah. go like, well, my truth is that I need yeah, to like, stab true. you right that's now. That's true. That's true. That's true. I'm not, go- I'm not yes. going there. I'm not people going will say there. my truth and they will justify unethical things. Yeah. People, people justify a yeah. lot by just saying, well, that's just my truth. Yes. And it's like, no, you're right. just kind of a horrible person yeah. who has no regard for, for right. your fellow your fellow man. Um, I think once I just went like, I'm not, I'm not serving him mm-hmm. by being not being true to myself. Mm-hmm. And as long as I leave 
myself from a place of love and you know and I really hate when people pick and choose things that are like convenient to them mm-hmm. um, especially from from our you know from the religious standpoint of well you know I go to church every Sunday and I'm this great person and I follow the Ten Commandments but like I hate gay people yeah you're like yeah what's do you understand like the, mm-hmm. the contradiction in what you just said? Mm-hmm. And I think um, so. So I really hate when people pick and choose. Mm-hmm. But I think that I kind of have like picked and chosen what works <laughs> for me. But all like all for the good, mm-hmm. you know. And I mm-hmm. think as long as I'm I'm coming from a place of of leading with love and mm-hmm. knowing that I'm here for everyone to to serve, you know, the people put here with me. Yeah. Um, then that's, I guess, how I found my grace. That's and cool. when, like, I think that this is, I think, I think we're going to be okay. And yeah. I know, I know that no matter what, once, once he and I connect, when mm-hmm. my time here is done, mm-hmm. I, I think, hopefully, he'll, he'll be able to say, like, you did, you did good. Mm-hmm. You did all right. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. I, I want to just, you know, before Sean, you pitch in, I always feel like I need to say, because I'm learning to like, accept I'm part of that problem, too, as a person of the church, to say I'm sorry to people who have ever felt that condemnation, you know, put upon them, and they felt that marginalization in a faith community mm-hmm. that has told them, you know, you don't belong or you should think this way of yourself. I think it's um, part of our responsibility as people of faith to recognize, like, we've done so much damage in our in our world and in our society, and um, in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, as you were talking. Um, you know, you didn't like mention like one particular specific moment. It sounds like it was a journey of mm-hmm. realizing. It sounds like you've done a lot of thinking as well about it, and you still continue. Yep. Yeah, awesome. I would just you know say well, part of my like freedom in my spirituality has been understanding God as an acceptor of all people and a lover of all people and one who desires like we like this is what we tell stories <clears throat> to connect and to love, and we all long to belong. And that's the power of storytelling, right? Is I believe stories change us. Stories change the world. Stories connect us and link mm-hmm. us together. And so even as you were saying you hope, I go, I don't think you need to hope. I think you just get to know you are loved and you are accepted and you are enough. And that's where unconditional grace, that's what the whole foundation of faith is meant to be on. But we often go into conditional, like what do I need to do to earn God's approval yeah. or to earn a ticket to heaven? But that, that's not how it works, you know? Yeah, just trust that he put you here for a reason. Yeah, and, just, and he loves you. Just try to be, just try he, to she. be the best person that you, or it, whatever it is. It <laughs> the could be, being, it could yeah. be nature, who knows? Like I, I think, you know, we all have our own mm-hmm. idea of what God or who God is. Even, even the people that are atheists and go like, oh, there's no God, there's nothing after this. Um, I don't believe that those people are necessarily doomed no. to, to live an unspiritual life. Just be a, be a good person. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, be a good person, be good to each other, and I think then we're on the right track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, um, yeah, I mean, your, your podcast is about story, right, and, and about spirituality. Right, that's the faith and spirituality and the story and the connective tissue between the in two. In the right? most random, unique ways, because we've yeah. often limited, right? We've limited it to a building with a cross on it on mm-hmm. Sundays, kneeling and signing the cross. Yeah, and I grew up. I grew up Catholic, and and part of my, you know, I went to communion. I taught CCD. Uh, what's uh, what's CCD for those who don't know it? Uh, how, what was <laughs> it's uh, catechism? Uh, Catholic catechism. Yeah, it's basically it's something? essentially like a after church like a thing in the afternoon where people come together and you teach the teachings of the bible or, okay. or, or jesus so i'm a little out of practice <laughs> well i know it I, I was a part of that too at some yeah, point okay. I, you know so yeah, yeah. but I, I you know i think that's what's interesting to me and and in, in finding because that's the thing I, uh, going back to what douchehawks is going back to what we're talking about with baywatch and the uh, uh, last of the age christ i'm gonna keep going back <laughs> but what like silence does is like like films like that there's there's something about if you can explore what I've always been fascinated by is if you can entertain people and you can make something engaging. That's just a great story, right? You're making something that engages people, and then if you can explore the other stuff, then that's beautiful too. And like you're saying, like the Bible, the Bible, like Aaron Darren Aronofsky, who who, mm-hmm. who I believe is agnostic or atheist, um, he loves the Bible. Yeah. He referenced, he made Noah. Yeah. Like he's ex- constantly ex- and and, and uh, the last film that he made too, Mother was uh, essentially a, a, a tale from the Bible there too. So like there is, 
there is something about just where story comes from. Yeah. And if you look at like all the religions, if you look at the common denominator, if you look at the, everyone can disagree about the details essentially, but like from Christian to Catholic to Buddhism to every major religion, um, to Neil deGrasse and Tyson, uh, Neil deGrasse and Neil deGrasse Tyson. Tyson. Yeah, I have messed that up. Talking about um, the beauty of the world and the science of the world and the spiritual nature of that and how we turn to dust and how we go back to the earth. Those are all similar things and those are all similar stories and stories come down to essentially order and sequence, right? Order and sequences is the way we live our life, the way we find revelations throughout our life. And like how you said seven years ago, you wouldn't have been able to, maybe you would have like kept it quiet that you watched or something. <laughs> like I think there's an order and sequence to, that's what storytelling is, right? It's like the character knows this at this point, deals with this conflict, discovers something, and learn something about themselves. And that's what story is trying to communicate. And in that, you're communicating a universal truth. And I think that's what all story is doing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of the greatest things that we can do. And we live in one of the greatest times where we, with technology, we're out able to explore and get into the detail and the niche of exploring stories where we can really dive deep into something like Dushaholics, where we can mix things up, or we can, it doesn't have to be this mainstream thing that like 100 million people love as long as it resonates that truth with enough people, that's what's important. And yeah. as long as you're exploring that truth. And for me, you know, what Elizabeth, and what you were talking about with the spiritual nature and, and, and finding that grace in your life, I find that in making that and, and sharing that. And I think maybe it's a similar shared thing of wanting to connect with people through finding a mm -hmm. truth and through discovering that. And um, I, I, you know, growing up as a kid, I had a thing against being dragged to church on Sunday mm. at like 9.30 in the morning I like and so then I think I also associated that with my parents going like well you have to do this well then once you start telling me you have to do something then I go like well maybe I don't yeah. you know like so then there becomes there, be, there there's a thing but if you just look at the go back to who you are and the spiritual night of side of what you're trying to do what what people the good side of, of faith and the good side of uh, religion is people wanting to have community and to connect yeah and that's exactly. what movies are. It's yeah. just in the dark. It's yeah. what our ancestors did with the cavemen and cavewomen of around the fire, around the fire, telling stories. And that's where it comes from. And and I found in my life, making uh, we had a really long shoot day once. And I remember like I had actually broke down in tears in the car afterwards because it was such it was a twenty seven hour straight shoot Woo! day. And I remember breaking down. And I drove a lot of people crazy, but I knew that I was exploring my truth in that moment, and I was being true to who I was, and I was being true to what that piece needed to be and what that piece will do to connect with other people mm -hmm. when it's done. And I found grace in that because, yeah, I drove, and it was like we were actually shooting in a church. It was a dark comedy taking place in a church. And I found there was human, there was a spiritual and, and grace, there was a grace to that because I found myself realizing I'm hitting my truth. I am being my full self of who I, my authentic self, and I'm try I'm doing what I'm meant to do in that sense and, and connecting with that. And I've also found that in other things too is, I look at life like uh, traveling. When we first started dating, I went to New Zealand um, with some friends, and I was just in the bay in this harbor, swimming by myself. There's no one else there. I remember popping up, and it was like something out of reminding me of like the Thin Red Line, Terrence Malick's film, which is also a very spiritual film. Um, just by myself in the middle of nowhere in New Zealand, and like I was the only person in the water, and mm. I just remember f just mm. feeling this sense of calmness is like that baptism it's, it's, it's yeah it's like yeah exactly there's like a state of mind yeah and when you get in touch with that one you know and that's even what the show is about is if you can take away all the clutter and the ego and you can take away all the white noise that we're just mm -hmm. constantly getting barraged with with our phones and mm -hmm. just things that keep distracting us there is if you just get in touch with that pure essence of who you are that's where that grace is yeah. and i think i've found that's that many cool. times throughout my life i found that watching films and i find watching movies can be can be fun like Baywatch, but they can also be a meditation like Silence, where you yeah. you process the film and, it, and I'm still thinking about Silence after having watched it what a couple of years ago or a year ago at the Castro already. Like there's there's something to the great films that I've seen. Like if I think of back to like say Amelie or uh, or back to Wild Strawberries or Rashomon, like there's certain films that I just sit with you for a long period of time that resonate in ways and that, that have shaped me. And those, again, those just go back to stories. That's yep. just like the Bible, that's just like yep. the Quran, that's just like anything else where uh, it's order and sequence. You learn through an, an empath, another character's journey, and you discover 
something about yourself by watching somebody else go through some sense yeah, of empathy conflict. that yeah. word empath mm-hmm. empathy yeah. we're all when you strip it down we're we all have flesh we all have bones we all have blood we're all connected in some mm-hmm. way i think that reminds me in my study i went to seminary but i always laugh because I'm not the best student in the world. And I remember when I got my first C in seminary, I was like, I am so average. How can I be a theologian and get a C? And it grounded me so much. The reality is like, even if you get A's, you're still not going to master God. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that I took, and I always feel intimidated when I get into like rooms of certain people who know all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm supposed to know stuff. But the one thing I took, the simplicity Mm -hmm. of my seminary, of my biblical studies, you know, my time as a pastor, is that God, the whole idea, the story of God is that God became flesh. God became human. Mm-hmm. In, in the Greek, the word is logos. God became the actual words. And I think about that, like I'm holding one of my scripts right here. Like we are trying to do, we're trying to be God. Mm-hmm. We're trying to be like God. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're trying to be, yeah. God wants that. He wants, the creator of the universe wants us to be creators, to mm-hmm. create, to tell stories, to tell stories that connect, that heal, that make us laugh, that convict us, that make us feel like this is possibly tragic and this could happen to my life if I don't do something about it. So I think we're in, we're in good company. There's some great stuff that we're a part yeah. of and you guys are doing it and thanks for doing it and thanks for being a part of the um, my, you know, like I have stuff that I am working on because of you guys, because oh. of Dushaholics. Like That's I awesome. have, See that, that you know, right there? That... I wrote my own series because you guys did yeah. Dushaholics. <laughs> That, that makes me Beautiful. happy, right? Like yeah. that's, it's like a, it's the that thing of exploring your truth yeah. and inspiring. And you know that's why when we're sitting there and we hear people laugh, love it because we just made someone's moment at yeah. least that moment brighter. Yeah. And I also like that you know it tickles me. That's maybe my mischievous side of like. Uh, it tickles it you, Sean. Tick- tickles me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where does it tickle me? Let's pull out the drawing. Um, no, I I. There's something to see when you said that some of the churchgoers that you said were going to go there yeah. and they laugh. And I see people who normally wouldn't laugh at that. And I think that's why I like also, I like exploring the dark side of life because I don't want to ignore that. And I think yeah. some people try to push that away yeah. and they suppress that. And that's the films also I don't like For where sure. the people don't want to explore that because if you can explore the, to make the light side shine brighter, uh-huh. you have to explore the dark sure. side and you have to go to the darkest depths. And sure. like my mind can go really dark and like I, I think there's an importance to that. And then when I see so with comedy, like there's something like Get Out, who was a guy who was, still is a, a comedian, one of the great comic minds. When he does something like that, he, Joy, knew, how to, yeah. he knew how to flip that and do mm-hmm. something about this exploring something with horror because it's kind of the same engineering and he's still exploring a truth using a genre. And comedy just comes from exploring. You can use explore truths and things that we can't talk about. Uh-huh. But if you make it if you make it funny, if you explore the comical or the 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 hypocrisy of the human condition, or you explore the contradiction of the human condition, mm. then there's something to laugh at with mm-hmm. that about mm-hmm. how miscommunications with two 12 year old girls can really about uh-huh. how we all just don't understand each other and we all really just want to love each other. Yeah, you know, like there's something about. Uh, exploring that and trying to find a truth with what you're doing. And if you find your truth of, if you can find and really, it's not the way people say, like Elizabeth was saying, they just say it's their truth and that's really just a cover. Mm-hmm. Just like you can use Justifying. religion. That's you, how I am. Yeah, right? That's how I am. That's how I am. Uh, you can use religion as a cover. You can yeah. use movies as a cover. Anything can be either yeah. real or not. You just actually, but if you're deep inside saying, this is my truth and I want to express this and damn the consequences if 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 my truth is not like if i'm truly truly exploring who i am and exploring something that is deep inside then if that connects with other people then that's i think that's where the beauty comes and that's where the beauty with storytelling happens and that universal thing where all religions connect and all things in the world connect is through discovering that and being true to who you are and the fact like if we went out with a different intention which would still be a noble intention but hey let's inspire tony and just by doing this we, we our intention would have subverted the actual thing of what the original was and i don't think that would have had as positive sure. an impact on you too because the quality wouldn't be there but we were just going we said let's do this and hopefully that in, like if that ends up inspiring people then amazing. And that's so that, that touches me to hear that you were inspired. Mm-hmm. Other people came up and said, I'm so inspired by what you guys are doing. And we're like, wow, this is like, that's awesome. Because it just came as, as a, a, a couple's joke yeah. that was like, we just got excited about talking about something. 
and then it turned into this the thing idea where, became words the words yeah. became a story the story became a digital series the digital yeah. series became Dushaholics <laughs> so let's end with uh, I saw I go to the Guild Theater in Menlo Park yeah. I see all six episodes <laughs> and you come up to me at the after party like timid too yeah. we kind of like, like we're hey, shuffling hey, our Tony, feet like we're, we're on the playground were you there the whole time? Did you, <laughs> did you step out? Did you take a pee? <laughs> and you asked specifically about episode four, yeah. Ted, mm-hmm. because why? Um, um. Without... <laughs> <laughs> well, there, okay. Um, for those who have seen it, they know, and for those who haven't, um, there's a, a little montage of some artwork. <laughs> Involving in episode, phallic, phallic yes, uh, um, drawings. Yes. Penises. Drawings of dicks. Cocks, yes. A lot of drawings of dicks. There's a disclaimer. Phallic cocks, dicks, penises. <laughs> this is a grown-up episode, yeah. everybody. Um, yeah, so part of uh, the fun for us in, in this montage was getting creative with how one can depict a, a penis in drawing. Um, so it just kind of became a thing for our crew to just say who can get the most creative with drawing dicks. <laughs> Um, and, uh, this is you, right? Yeah. Yeah, me. this one over here. Penises are so weird. <laughs> so weird looking. Yeah. Ugly, squishy, I'm in a, weirdly. I'm in a room right now with a, just a room full of penises. I'm so sorry for that. <laughs> I'm so sorry for that. God for cargo shorts, huh? But, um, and we started, we started upping each other. I think, I think she drew the Game of Thrones one. I thought, the Game I of thought Thrones I had, penises. I thought I had it, like, in the bag with that, that Game of Thrones. Someone did a, di- the, a Starry Night, like, uh, yeah. pe- oh like gosh. penises, and we're like. You covered it all pretty yeah. much. Yeah, so then this one, he, you know, ever the, ever the competitive boy that he is. And if you like, haven't seen it, you're, you're intrigued how, now, aren't you? How can I, how can I get the, the dick drawing of all dick drawings? And should, do you want? Yeah. Say? Do you want? Oh, do you? Yeah. Do you want to spoil it? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, it was Jesus on a cross of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, our our Lord and Savior, who died for our sins, dying on a cross, cross made of pieces. <laughs> and this is, you know, like like that 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 feeling of like hesitation, even putting the marker there. Uh-huh. And I didn't color it in just because, you know, Jesus was a carpenter, so I kept it simple. <laughs> Didn't get too fancy with it, and I just drew. I, I remember drawing it and like not looking around at everyone else, going like, uh, and then just like I was like, I was like, oh did you my feel God. like you I might felt, go to hell? Yeah, I felt the sense of guilt, yeah. and I was like, but I also felt that sense of mischief uh-huh. that mm-hmm. like made me laugh, and I was like, this yeah. is funny. And then I almost couldn't contain myself. I felt like I was a five year old boy, like grabbing the cookie jar when nobody else was looking, kind of thing. And then I showed everyone else, like, like, and everyone. I was dying. Yeah, it, it, it killed me. I, I went. We have to. And then actually, the only debate about should we actually include this was what were all our parents think. Uh-huh. And as soon as we realized that we were even concerned about that, we went like, put it uh, in. Well, we have to put it in because yeah. if we don't put this in because we're worried about yeah. judgment, yeah, yeah, then that that that's all the more reason why we were like, yeah. we should. Because I it. think that's where it applies and to that truth. And also, what would Tony think? Yeah, <laughs> we did. There was a we're like, there's one what our parents think. Point. What would Tony think? Yeah. Are they going to disown us? Is Tony going to disown us? And then yeah. what? What was? <laughs> do you remember those? Uh, There's these bracelets called "What Would Jesus Do" yeah. bracelets. Yes. <laughs> yes. So now I feel bad that you had that in your mind. What would Tony think? Um, I just love you came up to me, and I I so appreciated that. And I was I was honored, but I also was like, oh my gosh, you guys, I loved mm-hmm. it. I thought it was funny. And here's why: I want to credit one of my seminar, seminary professors, Rob Johnston, who always goes to Sundance, and he wrote a bunch of books on film and theology. Yeah. Rob Johnston. Rob Johnston. Uh, Johnston. Oh my gosh, you guys, he's so good. When uh, Dry, um, Little Miss Sunshine came out, 2005, six, seven, somewhere around there. I remember I was in seminary. And some of the church protested that film because it's a little girl being kind of exploited so-and-so oh, yeah. so by her family yeah. in a pageant, and then there was a grandfather addicted to porn and all this kind of stuff. But he showed that film in our seminary class to a bunch of pastors. Uh. And he challenged us to take in the story and to see these people as human beings in which God loves, God created, and that are us, are you, are your neighbors, are your parishioners, your congregants. And when he did that, I felt like the whole room got it for the first time. Like, we don't need to come to these characters, these stories, to douchaholics with like, mm-hmm. oh, with our crosses, you know, and our um, our torches, but come and going, what can I learn about humanity? Mm-hmm. And so episode 10 in Ted, uh, episode four, Ted's um, out 
cry for help in his doucheaholic explosion at work. Just made me think like, oh my gosh, I get that. I get wanting to draw penises all over your office because you're so mad. I get wanting, I get that. Yeah. I get that. I haven't done it. Not that I want to admit. Yeah. You are leaving. So <laughs> there is a window. But I get it. And so, yeah, so thanks for your uh, compassion. And yeah. I felt like you, that question kind of like went it was a cool moment for us to go, oh, cool, now we're good, we're good. Yeah, yeah we good, we good, yeah. we can talk about this. And then this. look, yeah. that, that bonded us more. It did. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that's the thing, totally. is like exploring that thing of going, here's our truth, if people respond to it or not, like hopefully, like that's the case. And like to hear a response from you, to hear a response from our parents, to hear, my dad loved the dicks. Like <laughs> like, like her her mom, that's her favorite episode. Yeah. The, dick, the yeah. revenge dick episode. Yeah. They also both have like nine to five jobs, so... I think there's also that that component, but yeah. and they're also they both grew up Catholic, so it's fun to see that like that's what we want is and we've seen this happen is a 97 year old grandma's laughing at <laughs> stuff and the 12 year old kid is 12 year old kid is laughing at stuff and they're sometimes laughing at the same things yeah and then they're sometimes laughing at little hidden gems that are meant only for them or that they got and and that I think that's what's cool about seeing the show have that effect on people and embracing that truth like what we're talking about with storytelling is. To see that mischief that I felt in drawing it, and then and then to see her reaction, then and then to see all of us go, let's put it in, and then to see your reaction, I think that's that's so cool about mm -hmm. film is exploring that and seeing that if we just be honest and be truthful in our storytelling, uh, there's a connection can happen mm -hmm. and a truth happens because you know we've all seen the films that are like a little bit more bullshit or the films that that aren't really trying to explore that truth or they're trying to send a message versus like exploring something yeah. so and you can feel it connection. Yeah. yeah yeah you know it Those we feel it um, well thanks you guys thank you so much yeah. life is uh sacred life is strange and uh it was fun talking about it that's great I every which really way fun. i feel like i learned more about you i feel like <laughs> yeah. we all even doing this here we'll do it again since yes. you guys are right down the street yeah, yeah. i'll just I'd bring this to. big old blue uh Anytime. yeti mic yeah. down Anytime. to the gorilla wanderers find them on itunes find them on amazon gorilla wanderers and do the name of their company you can support them, tweet them, and uh, buy their episodes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do that. On iTunes and Listen Amazon. Listen to the pastor. Yeah. <laughs> God said so. No, just God. Not, don't ever use that. Don't ever use that. All right. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Holy Cannoli. If you liked my dad's podcast, please subscribe, give it a review, and share it with someone you think would be encouraged by it. Holy Cannoli Podcast is a proud production of Brave Maker Media. For more information or to donate, go to bravemaker.com to make your tax-deductible donation today.